Welcome everybody, I'm your host, Brian the Hype Bowler, and I'm back with another Double or Nothing 2023 results and thoughts here on Tap Out Talk. I want to talk a little bit about what happened tonight at Double or Nothing. I want to say it's four pillars down and the building may have just crumbled. Or was it a foundation that was meant to be? We're going to find out about that, but I want to say I am going to talk about the elephant in the room and that very elephant, and we're going to eat it one bite at a time tonight because when you go and say you're going to do something, you better go out and do what you say you're going to do. I will give a say, this will be an unpopular opinion, AEW planned this four pillars match they wanted to make this the building grounds of some young up-and-coming talent homegrown in AEW and when you build the whole pay-per-view around those four guys and you say you're going to do it you need to make sure that you do exactly what you said you're going to do and you actually put them in the main event that didn't happen tonight AEW went with the more seasoned route, despite building the whole pay-per-view around those four guys. We're gonna talk about that tonight. Let's get in. All right, guys, let's get in and let's start talking about AEW Double or Nothing 2023. So, this again occurred in Las Vegas, Nevada. We started out with the buy-in, where the Hardy Party did defeat Ethan Page and get gained access to his contract. We're going to go past that. We're going to go right up to the last minutes in the beginning of this pay-per-view with the Black Jack AEW International Championship being defended by none other than Orange Cassidy going against many other competitors. So, we had the competitors for the last 10 minutes of the buy-in walk out and do their entrances. I like this move. It builds suspense and got those last minute people to want to stay tuned and watch and buy into this. It's called a buy-in for a reason. I like that they didn't shortchange all the entrances for them. It gives the crowd the experience of hearing the entrances and being able to see them walk out and not just get the jobbers entrance. And then when the pay-per-view started, we did get the Battle Royal as Orange Cassidy made his way in. So we start out, I'm going to try to break this down as easy as possible. Kip Saban tries to toss Orange Cassidy out right away because, you know, he's the target right now. He's the champion. And some of the participants, they're just kind of chilling on the outside. A few of them are fighting out there, just kind of pretending to be at work a little bit. Brian Cage and Swerve Strickland 
were just kind of sitting around on the entrance ramp. I don't know what the idea was behind this, but you had guys not even in the ring for this competition. Uh, Commander, he's a pretty good tightrope walker. He walks the ropes. He walks across. He hits a dive onto Big Bill and Lee Morati, both the tag team. And he did all of that without touching the ring canvas. It's technically, you know, not even, I guess, the star of the match yet. Ray Phoenix and Pentagon square up with Bandito. And the Commander's leading all to all the luchadors, working together to keep Commander safe while he... It's a delayed vertical suplex on Tony Nese. I like what they're doing with the athletes and Tony Nese. Tony Nese gets tossed out of the ring and is gone. Boom, out of there. Penta and Ari Davari fight on the apron. Davari gets taken out. Brian Cage. I'm a big Brian Cage fan. My tag team partner from Fans Pro Wrestling, he, Carlos, he's a big Brian Cage fan too. Enters the ring and goes after the commander. The commander bounces off of him. Cage runs over to Penna and then tosses Phoenix around, hitting both Lucha Brothers and a German suplex. Bandito tries a military press on Cage. He gets real close before Cage slips free and hits him with the monkey flip. Cage now catches Bandito and commander in a combination of world's strongest slam and a powerbomb. Penta and Phoenix with a series of super kicks to Cage that finally take him down. The ever-popular Ricky Starks is, has an appearance. He's going after Juice Robinson and the new Jay White. They fight him off. They try to take out Commander, but Penta and Phoenix save him. The Luchadors, they're tight. They're sticking together. LWO of AEW. Robinson takes some corner offense from the Lucha Brothers, and the Commander tries another rope walk move only for White to shove him down to the floor, eliminating him effectively. Starks is trying to hang on as Robinson and White try to get rid of him, but he does hang on and he saves himself. Sabian is after Cassidy again. Here comes Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta, their best friends, and they all hit a triple powerbomb on Sabian, and then Taylor eliminates him. The best friends then hug before Bill, Big Bill, you can't teach that, and Lee Moriarty take him down. Lee Moriarty with a fang to Cassidy and they can't get rid of him. Cassidy accidentally low bridges Taylor, and he was supposed to, but he grabbed the middle rope instead of the top one, so it, was a, it might have been a botch there. Keith Lee, Keith Lee's looking older, isn't he? Keith Lee just heaves bl blade over the top rope like a big muscle man should. Out of the match, Cage and Lee square up and they trade punches, and here comes Swerve Strickland. Those two got history. Slowly moving towards the ring, thinking about coming in. Swerve jumps on the back of his ex-partner, Lee. But Lee tosses him down. Lee and Swerve trade strikes. Swerve lands and then Seguri, but he's caught with a power slam from Lee. And then Cage super kicks him. Penta and Phoenix eliminate the Butcher. So we got the Butcher and the Blade gone. Bandito avoids some corner offense and gets eliminated by Lee. Lee and Beretta fight on the apron. Both men could be eliminated here. Beretta hits a half Nelson on the apron, and now Lee is gone. Cassidy nearly gets eliminated, but holds on for Beretta to shove Cassidy away from a bill boot, and Beretta is eliminated. Again, Lee and Swerve square up. Lee unloads on body blows, and then there's a toss swerve, but Cage comes from behind and tosses Lee out of the ring. This 
despite being gone, Lee tries to take out Swerve, but he can't. Dustin Rhodes hits a crossroads. We love that move. And then, at that point, he hits Cage with it. He tries to eliminate him, but Swerve saves Cage. Lucha Brothers of Bullet Club, Bullet Club Gold, that is, are trading strikes. White and Robinson wind up on the apron, but they fight back in the ring. Penta accidentally eliminates Phoenix, and Starks takes out Robinson before White spikes Starks with a Urnaga. Penta and White square up. Penta unloads. There's a kick, but it's caught in a Blade Runner. But Starks flies in with the spear to White and eliminates him. Juice Robinson pulls Starks under the rope. And he and White beat down Starks on the floor for a bit. Starks brawls and crawls back into the ring. But there's Big Bill to greet him. And Bill tosses Starks. But Starks hangs on to the rope. And then he comes back in the ring and goes right for Bill. Top from Starks. Bill then hits him with a big boot over the top rope. And Ricky Starks is gone. Dustin Rhodes, low bridges Cage, hits the apron. The Canadian Destroyer takes Cage out. And Swerve eliminates Dustin after that. Our final four in this matchup are going to be the champion Orange Cassidy, Big Bill, Penta, and Swerve Strickland. Penta unloads with kicks to everyone. And then Sling Blade Swerve, the backstabber. Cassidy and Penta are feeling really good. Bill and Penta square off again. Penta with chops and leg kicks. But Bill boots him and then clotheslines him out of the ring. Bill with a black hole slam to Cassidy. And now Swerve and Bill have a conversation. Bill wants to toss Cassidy. He presses Cassidy up, but Swerve shoves him out. And Cassidy falls to the mat, betrayed. Cassidy and Swerve trade near eliminations and then trade strikes. Around the world DDT from Cassidy is countered. Cassidy then hits a stunner, but Swerve comes off the ropes and Swerve kicks. Both men are down. Both men slowly pull themselves right back up. And later on here, Swerve takes a little bit too long from the elimination and he puts his hands on Cassidy. Uh, the hands of Cassidy are going in his pockets and then he Goes to dump him, but Cassidy hits a Tornado DDT to counter. And then around the World DDT, Cassidy with an orange punch to send Swerve to the apron. Cassidy goes for another one, but Swerve blocks and pulls Cassidy from the apron. They fight over the position and then grabs at Cassidy. And then basically they get a knee from Swerve. Cassidy hangs on, but Swerve is going on the apron. Swerve stop. Cassidy gets the boots up on the block. He's thinking about the orange punch, but instead he just kicks the hand of Swerve that's holding the rope and Swerve falls to his loss. Orange Cassidy retains. A very exhausted Orange Cassidy retains the international championship at the opening match of Double or Nothing. Alright guys, so um, I've seen worse Battle Royals. I've seen better ones, right? I think it was a fine match to get everybody their payday on the card. To get everybody to Vegas. And I would say it was okay, or whatever. It was a very Orange Cassidy meh match, right? It was all right though, it, was, it had its moments. I like that they showcased Brian Cage. That guy, I, I keep saying, he deserves, you know, he's just got all the right pieces. But Orange Cassidy is your champion, and the question is, is what do we do with Orange Cassidy after this? Where does he go from here? Well, in the post-press conference, the media scrum, he did mention 
that, it would be somebody possibly over in Ring of Honor that calls himself a TV champion that he'd be interested in fighting. I'll let you guys figure out who that is. Pop it in the comments below if you know. Let's go over to our second match. Now, this was an unsanctioned match between Adam Cole and Chris Jericho. Now, I want you guys to keep that in mind, unsanctioned. What that means is that AEW is not responsible for this match and what happens in this match. Keep that in mind as I tell you about this one. So we get Daniel Garcia and Chris Jericho putting the boots to Adam Cole immediately in this match. Sabu, who made his return last Wednesday on Dynamite, Sabu is actually giving back up to Adam Cole here. Sabu slides in the ring. He grabs the chair and he squares up with Jericho. They have a chair fight. Jericho drops um, his chair and Sabu throws his at him. Cole is brawling with, you know, uh, Garcia on the floor. Sabu goes up and drops a splash and one of them goes through a table. Remember, Sabu's got that thing with tables. So Cole takes Y2J to the floor and smashes his hand with the steel steps before posting him, putting a knee over the post and over. There's a Panama Sunrise on the apron, countered into a suplex on the floor. There's a gallon throw into the apron, and Jericho puts Adam's knee first into the steel steps. They get back into the ring. They're throwing chops. They're throwing lariats. They're wedging chairs in the corner of the ring, and basically, you're getting lots of forearms, pump kicks from Jericho. Um, you get off the ropes. He meets Cole and he knocks him down for some stomps. There's a lion salt, which gets a super kick. Adam up top, Panama Sunrise countered into the walls of Jericho. A lot of people were crapping on this match tonight. A lot of people were ripping on how slow and sluggish it is. And just how everybody seemed off. This was Adam Cole's first match back, his first major match. We'll have to give him some time, guys. He's got to get you know, up and running. He's going to have ring rust. It's going to happen. Adam Cole is still going to be a good wrestler. And, you know, I like that he was in there with Chris Jericho, a seasoned veteran that can't, is very unlikely to get him hurt. So if Cole crawls through the ropes, there's no break while he's in the walls of Jericho, but he does get a fire extinguisher and he drags, uh, and Chris drags him in the middle of the ring and then he blasts Jericho in the face with a big puff of CO2 to the face. Y2J with chops, but he's woozy and he falls down. Cole is off the ropes, and Jericho hits the code breaker, but nope, it's not enough. Chris blasts him with a fire extinguisher, and then he drops the steel canister on his chest because anything goes in this matchup. It's a street fight. Jericho's holding a kendo stick. He's ready. We're getting some flashbacks of AEW from a few weeks ago, but Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, is here to play the equalizer. She's wailing on Chris Jericho with her own kendo stick over and over and over in shots for Soraya while she tries to run in too. Britt Baker's just going at it and she's getting a little crazy. Britt fights Soraya to the back. Adam beats on Chris with the own kendo stick and then the chair, and then they go crashing from the top. Y2J grabs the camera and tells people, this is what happens when you mess with Chris Jericho smashing Adam Cole's face into the apron over and over and over again. Jericho gets up some lengths with a heavy chain, and cuffs at the end, and he heads back inside to cuff Cole. He grabs another end, but Adam cuts him off and DDTs him before he can do anything else. And it covers him for a one and a two. Cole grabs the other cuffs and cuffs Chris. 
yanking him to his feet. We're getting cuffs. We're getting storytelling from a few weeks ago with handcuffs and, and kendo sticks. He yanks him to the feet. He, the super kick connects. The Panama Sunrise still no not enough. Schoolboy from Jericho for two. Whipping Cole with the chain. Again and again, wrapping the chain around Adam's neck, hanging him with it. He's Hangman Adam Page. No, he's not. He's Hangman Adam Cole. Hanging him with it over his shoulder. But Cole steps up into the turnbuckles to reverse it. The super kick connects, and Adam hits the knee. But he's just not done yet. He wraps the chain around his knee a few times. He hits the knee again. And he's mounted punches with chains over and over. And Jericho's eye is bloodied and battered and bruised. And referee Aubrey Edwards calls the match. That's right. Adam Cole wins this match due to referee stoppage. Referee stoppage? Remember what I said about this being a non-sanctioned match? Meaning, AEW is not responsible for what happens. But a referee stoppage in that kind of match just doesn't sit well with me. Um, sure, they're there to make a pinfall. That's basically what they said, is they're there to make a pinfall. But they do a referee stoppage. That's like doing a disqualification. I just, I, I was so taken back by that it kind of ruined the match for me I get these guys aren't supposed to like each other but that's the point of these unsanctioned matches to let them go at it and let them get a definitive win a 1-2-3 when Britt Baker came in that's their revenge they could have gotten the win with a pin right there they could have had her pin him down with the kendo sticks choking Chris on the ground and then Adam Cole could have pinned him that way and Britt and Adam could have both done it. I don't care. But no, they had to referee stoppage. All right, you know what? Let's move on to the next match. We've got the FTR, one of the best tag teams in the business and your tag team champions going against and defending here against Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. Another one of my wrestlers that I just really appreciate in the business. What's going on, Jeff? Uh, Mark Briscoe is one. Uh, is going to be the referee for this one. And he's kind of been the in-betweener in all of this. But we're going to go ahead and start Lethal. And Dax Hard would start off. They're trading headlocks, takeovers, trading chops, back elbows, and just all kinds of stuff, right? Lethal decides to beat Wheeler down. Jarrett um, does stop, goes for a double team with a, him and Dax with a crossbody on both of them. There's a uh, stereo atomic drops. And they put Jay... Jeff into each other, they whip across, kind of with the do see do round and round we go, they float over, double legs with the stereo sharpshooters, but the heels get away very quickly. There's a fake tag, Mark Briscoe doesn't fall for it, and he forces Jarrett back onto the apron. He whips across a double back body drop, a back body drop sends lethal to the floor. He tags to wheelers, slide out of the ring, putting their challengers to each other off the ropes. The low bridge sends Wheeler to the floor, and Jeff tries to use the chair, but Mark sees him again. He's on top of it tonight. He brings Cash back in with a side Russian leg sweep. I love that move. And Jarrett, uh, from Jarrett doing that to him. Lethal struts and leaves the ring, and Jeff chokes him with the ropes. Briscoe 
goes at him and gets on him a little bit. Karen Jarrett gets some a cheap shot in for good measure. She's back with Jeff here on the TV scene. Jeff with the Garvin stomp and a little Fargo strut in the crowd. Whip across and a kick to the midsection. And Jay with a neck breaker and a reverse chin lock to grind cash down. Wheeler gets a near fall and they go and they fight and they're back forth. They're doing dragon screws to each other. There's figure four locks being applied in the middle of the ring. Wheeler, who is screaming in pain, is throwing desperate punches, but he can't break free. He's fired up, he's reaching, he's trying to roll over, and Hardwood, off the top with a diving headbutt, who breaks it up. Briscoe is standing there, standing, and he's counting. He's going for the 10 count, but tags are made. Dax, with heavy hands, there's chops in the corner, they whip him across, there's a corner lariat, a reversal, big lariat, there's a... Uh, a superplex that's reversed. There's some germers. Suplex connects. It goes on and on. And there's a brain buster from Harwood. It was pretty cool. But still, no, it's just not enough. Lethal combination connects up top. And they're jockeying for position. Jarrett and Cash are fighting on the apron. Sanjay Dutt runs interference on this point in the match. And Jarrett knocks Wheeler down. Jay knocks Dax to the match. And he recovers before Lethal can dive and climbs back up, and there's a superplex. But we're not done yet. Harwood rolls through, and powerbomb lift, and cash off the top. There's a Lariat, he dives. We fast forward a little bit. Um, uh, now, we get an ejection of Sanjay from ringside at this point, and Sodom Singh too. Jeff is in the ring with the guitar. Dad, he's swinging, Dax ducks, and Mark Briscoe takes the old kabong right to the full force to the face. The lethal injections counter. There's a big rig, but no referee to make the count. Referee, Aubrey Edwards, you know, since she didn't actually finish a match from the one earlier, comes back. Runs down to replace him. Sunshine gets in her way, and Karen Jarrett gives her an El Cabong. She takes a chair shot. All right, Aubrey, I forgive you. You're badass. So there's a double lethal injections that takes both champions down, but we have no referee. Karen grabs the top 10 title belts and gives one to Jeff and one to Sanjay. Jarrett gives his to lethal and holds Dax up for it. Dax Harwood blocks with a boot, and there's a back elbow and a snap pile driver off Jay. Jeff blasts him with the belt. Dutt wakes Briscoe up. Dax Harwood just kicks out, and Jarrett yells at Mark about it. And there's FTR, they come up from behind. And then FTR hits a pinfall with a big roll on Jarrett to retain the AEW Championship. There's a lot to goes on in this matchup. Uh, back and forth tag team match. Um, told some stories. Added a lot of interference. A little chaotic everywhere, but it wasn't bad. Um, Alex Marvis interviews Ricky Starks after this backstage real quick. There's the Bullet Golden Club attack before they can say much, anything from FTR. Run them off and they can, you know, do much but lay some punches in. Backstage also, Jericho was angry about his match from earlier and he's uh, smashing a trash can next to Soraya and he calls Adam Cole names and Soraya calls Britt Baker names and they demand a tag team match on Dynamite this week. A crew member comes by to tell them to calm down and Jericho throws a fireball in his face, screaming how he's a wizard. Let's get into our next match, and that is a ladder match. Because, you know, we've had a lot of crazy hardcore elements tonight already. Christian Cage knows a few things about ladder matches. He's got Luchasaurus with 
versus Wardlow for the AEW TNT Championship. Well, in the very beginning, Christian does send Luchasaurus away. He wants to do this on his own. I respect that. He wants to wear his turtleneck, too, while he wrestles all night long. I don't see how he does that. But Cage is joined in the front, and he slaps and Wardlow blocks him, clubs him down, military press off the ropes. There's a shoulder block and connects. A strike in the corner. Mr. Mayhem goes to get a ladder. Christian kicks into him, but Warlow hangs on and blasts him when he tries with a slingshot to the floor, trying to put Christian through a table, and he evades and smashes Warlow into the barricade before ramming him with a ladder. Bringing the ladder back between the barricade and apron, Warlow wants the power bomb, but Cage trips him up, crotches him on the ladder, and then back inside, Warlow puts him into a ladder and leads him to the corner. But soon after, Christian throws him into the ladder. He's putting the ladder in the corner. He catapults the champion into the steel. Cage climbs the ladder, but Wardlow cuts him off and knocks the ladder over. We keep going. They're fighting a little bit later on. Wardlow's climbing. Luchasaurus comes down, and he throws Christian into down and throws Christian into the ring, cutting Wardlow down with an inverted DDT off the ladder. Wardlow is back with an Alabama slam and a Centon Atomico, but Cage rolls away and he crashes into the ladder, throwing Wardlow to the floor. Art Anderson now comes to the ring. And he gets uh, to get him back, basically, and then the champion jumps off the turnbuckles onto the ladder, knocking it over and clutching his shin while Christian crashes to the floor, trying to climb. Referee Rick Knox tries to steady the ladder, but it buckles and Luchasaurus comes back in with a choke slam. Another one, Arn is behind him, but Luchasaurus makes noises at him. Anderson bites him with his thumb and leaves it bloody. Luchasaurus chases after him. Wardlow whacks him with the chair and sets him across the tables and climbs the larger ladder. There's a Centon Atomico through the ladders. Back in the ring, Christian climbs up the ladder, but Wardlow puts him down and then power bombs him and climbs the ladder himself and retrieves his AEW TNT Championship belt. Your winner and still champion, Wardlow. All right, next we got the first of the women's championship matches. We've got Jamie Hayter versus member of the Outcast, Tony Storm. All right, so this one was a very, very quick match. The Outcast basically dragged Jamie Hayter out of the entryway. They work her injured arm over at length in the ring. Referee Paul Turner basically calls for the bell and Tony keeps the pressure up on the injured arm. Britt Baker, DMB, makes the save and runs Saray off. Yurko Ishidi comes down with a kendo stick to fight Ruby Soho off and Hater is able to put Tony up into the apron and hit the Haterade but her arm is down and Tony kicks out. Storm gets momentum going and Tony Storm wins by pinfall with a Storm Zero becoming your new AEW Women's Champion. Talk about a squash match. And I hate to see Jamie Hayter's title reign end in this manner. I felt like she deserved a lot better than just a quick squash match to Tony Storm. Tony Storm's got that chip on her shoulder about the interim champion stuff. She shows that in the post-conference media scrum. But I am going to give credit and, as requested, a shout-out to my tag partner, Carlos, for calling the women's titles match changes tonight you got this one right the second one wasn't exactly on par but regardless this one was right there and yeah it was a quick squash match 
So, we go on to the AEW Trios Championship Open House Rules Match. So, this one I think was added a little bit later because I had to add it to my card later. So, this is the House of Black, Brody King, Buddy Matthews, and Malachi Black. And they will be end up taking on Daddy Ass and the acclaimed Anthony Bowens and Max Caster. Max Caster hits a pretty hilarious, um, very hilarious Buddy Matthews promo about Dominique Mysterio. I'll link that up here for you guys. So, ultimately, it's an open house challenge. Bones of Black start and Malachi sits down and Anthony matches his energy before scissoring himself. Uh, tag to Matthews off the top of a stomp. There's an arm ringer, kneeling armbar, kick, combo, famouser, tags to caster. There's a double whip. And I mentioned that these guys can wrestle, right? I always enjoyed the Acclaim's work. I feel like they're just a very high energy group. They could still be tag team champions in my mind. So, we get these scissor me timbers later on. It's countered right into a knee bar. Bunny with a dive and lariat. King beating Billy Gunn up. Billy Gunn can still go for his age, too. Bowens gets the ropes and pulls him to the feet. Wait, and he stomps his way out of the knee bar. Uh, there's a leg sweep, a knee bar, and Matthews tags in the, with a meteora. Billy Gunn had enough, and he hits the ring. And referee Rick Knox warns him off, switching the scissor knee bar again. And they go back and forth, back and forth. And then, kind of zooming a little bit ahead in the match, Matthews is in. Gunn neutralizes King on the floor. Super kick takes Buddy Matthews out. But the path is clear. Daddy ass tags in. There's lariats for everybody going round. And then a stinger splash, a tilt-a-whirl slam, a cobra clutch. Brody is in. With double chops, Billy flips him the bird and hits the Famouser right on him. Matthews hits the kick with the apron, but Daddy Ass hits the Famouser on him too. And Black is behind him. The House of Black actually wins by pinfall with Black. Mass from Malachi Black onto Billy Gunn when he wasn't looking to retain the AEW Trios Tag Championships. So it was the right call. Um, the Acclaim could have been champions. I think this was a good contest for the House of Black. But I do like and think that the House of Black need to keep onto these titles just a little bit longer. Hey guys, if you guys are enjoying this, I know you definitely enjoy our interactions over on Twitter. I want to say thank you for the 15,000 some followers and all the interactions you guys give me every day. And thank you for hitting that like button down below. It really supports me out in this channel. Um, also, check us out at thefansofprowrestling.com. Uh, the Wrestling Fans Inside Podcast. You know, me and the team over there, we get to do a lot of great work weekly. And we really support each other as well. If you want to be a part of that, check us out. Let's move on. We've got the Jade Cargill taking on Taya Valkyrie for the TBS Championship. And Jade Cargill's looking to go 60-0. Both women are looking up. And this looks like maybe this is the night that she could lose. Will she lose to Taya Valkyrie? Cargill basically, um, they go at it. They're starting out in the ring. And then their Valkyrie is off the top later on. She's off the top of a splash. Jade throws the Smart Mark Sterling um, at, in her way to blast her challenger with a pump kick. There's a whip to a corner, a back elbow, and Tyle gets her hung up in the ropes for a sliding German suplex. Lila Gray is running interference. Jade blasts Valkyrie with a super kick that sends her to the floor. There's a snap suplex on the floor, and Cargill flexes and puts her back inside for a spinning spine buster near fall. Ty is back on the floor. Jade drops an axe handle on her. A fireman carry that she drops to her face. It's the first barricade. There's choking on Valkyrie. 
and on the barricade. They get back inside. They go for a near fall champion off the lariat. They go back and forth a little bit. There's a little bit of a blue thunder driver. We get some elbows. We get some, you know, both women down and out at one point in time. And then basically at this point, we get a curb stop, but it's just not enough from Taya. So Jade gets uh, a two count off a schoolboy, but Valkyrie hits a spear. The road to Valhalla connects. And then Cargill will not stay down because she is just too big and too strong. Jade with the chicken wing. Jade Cargill actually wins with the Jaded, retaining her AEW TBS championship. Jade Cargill is now 60-0 as champion. And this is the longest championship defense streak in AEW history. But we're not done yet. Because we love these multiple matches and these challenges. Mark Sterling gets on the mic and he hypes up Jade's 60-0 streak. Saying that she's dominated every challenger in front of her. She's prepared to fight any time, any place. But the problem is there's nobody left. Chris Statlander is now back. Chris Statlander comes out surprising everyone and she's gonna fight Jade right here, right now for the title. And then we get a championship match. Statlander hits a kick, an elbow, a face wash, a delayed uh, vertical, but Cargill blocks with the knee and blasts her with a kick. There's the Jaded uh, block. Uh, that's blocked by J the Jaded is blocked. And then back elbow, she scoops her up and Chris Statlander hits a cradle tombstone pile driver for the one, the two, and the three, becoming your new TBS championship holder. And Chris Statlander as TBS champion. Jade Cargill no more. I'm glad it was Chris Statlander and it wasn't Taya. Taya Valkyrie would have been the wrong choice. Now, taking this title off of Jade, I want to address this. There's some wrestlers that you better have a very good plan for when you do certain things to them. I'll give you an example. Years ago in the WWF, or WWE, when the masterpiece, Chris Masters, had his master lock and nobody could break it. He had the master lock challenge. The minute he lost that challenge to somebody, he was never the same. The career was over. Um, you know, we look and I, I see things like this in wrestling. And I say, okay, Jade Cargill, she's got the great look. She's developed a lot. I think she still has a little more work, but you know what? She's serviceable if she's booked right. I felt like having this title and making her synonymous with the TBS championship was smart and letting her hold it for a long time. 60 and 0 is not a bad thing. Um, giving up this title tells me that AEW thinks that Jade Cargill is ready to be women's champion. So are we going to get Tony Storm versus Jade Cargill? That would be my guess because that's where Jade needs to go next naturally. And moving on from this title. Statlander is probably a very good TBS champion there. She's That's a mid-card title, right? Um, I would like to see Jade Cargill not just go away after this. Not just fall and never do anything again. And that's my fear. 
So, I'm hoping there's a plan for Jade. Maybe it is a main event push, and I don't know. Are you guys think that Jade's ready to be champion? Because I said, if she loses a title that's the TBS championship, then she better be ready to be women's championship, uh, the cha women's champion of AEW. Time will tell. All right, we're going to get now to what should have been the main event. Guys, this is the four pillars. This is everything that you built your pay-per-view towards. Jungle Boy Jack Perry. We've got MJF, the AEW World Champion, the best heel in the business. We've got Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara, the other two pillars. And this is not the last match of the night. Let's get into the action, see how what they do. Because tonight, AEW felt like they weren't main event worthy. And don't do the WWE thing. Don't tell me it's a triple main event. Don't tell me it's a double main event. The main event, again, I'll say this all weekend long, is the last match that happens. So, this match was built in weeks and a month and a half of buildup. And it wasn't the last match. They didn't want to finally pull the trigger and commit to it. Let's see how those guys respond to this. So, we get all the guys in the ring. MJF immediately bails out of the ring like a good heel, and he takes a breather. Jungle Boy and Guevara slide out to force him back into the ring, and they beat him down in the corner with Darby Allen. Jungle Boy Jack with a big overhand chop. Sammy lays a knife edge chop on his own. Darby puts the boots to him, and then Guevara pulls him away. Teaming up with Sammy now. All three men are training drop kicks. They're kipping up, up and over. A little bit of a high energy exchange. Jack has the knuckle locks on both men. Arabian double press arm drag sends them both out to the floor. Jungle Boy off the ropes. MJF cuts him off with a lariat and poses on the turnbuckle. MJF is off the ropes a bunch of times into a strut and a hip swivel to fake us basically all out like a heel he is. Darby drop kicks him off the ropes. There's a huge suicide dive. He takes the champion out and Jack follows up with two of his own, finishing off with a top a tope con giro. Guevara off the top rope. Shooting star press to the floor. Back inside, Sammy draws Jungle Boy up. Puts him in the tree of woe. And then kick to the midsection on Darby, stacking him on top. Climbing up with him. They're jockeying for position. And then Jungle Boy with a spider tower of doom that puts Sammy and Darby right into the champion. There's a rebound lariat from Jungle Boy. There's a poison... Frankensteiner on Guevara. Nope, not enough. Darby to the corner with elbows, an arm drag, and then there's a diamond dust on MJF. There's a headlock takeover, but it's still one, two, not enough for you. Sammy goes for a shooting star press. Nobody home and lands on his feet. Super kick for Perry. There's a Spanish fly on MJF, a frog splash, and it's still just a simple no, not enough for a pin. Up top with MJF, Max bites his face to the block and then stomps his way through Allen's arms. There's a knee on Jungle Boy, a powerbomb over the knee on Sammy, and it's only a one and a two. An arm ringer of Guevara into Perry, headlocks take over Darby, no pump handle, storm hand, cradle driver, can't keep Darby Allen down. You're not gonna break his spirit. Max spits on Darby and calls him a nobody, a worthless piece of shit. 
all four men are trading kicks, and Allen punctuates with a shotgun drop kick and puts Jungle Boy in the corner. Darby pulls himself up with a scorpion death drop on the champion. The code breaker from Sammy, the kill switch from Jungle Boy. Max hits the crossroads. Nope. MJF goes and grabs a microphone and tells Sammy he's got a baby on the way and he needs the money. He should just lay down. Great work by MJF using the real life announcement of Taya Valkyrie and Sammy Guevara's pregnancy being announced today at Double or Nothing. They might be going for twins if it's double. So, just a lay down and they do the right thing for the baby. And that's what basically MJF is telling him. Guevara takes the mic and says he'll lay down and take the money. He lays down, Max flips uh, the crowd, flips off the crowd. And Sammy nearly beats him with a small package, counter. And then that's reversed and Guevara with the walls of Jericho. Darby has a scorpion deathlock on Perry. And then Max is about to tap out, but Jack grabs his hand and stops him. There's a figure four leg rock from Darby Allen on Guevara. Jungle Boy adds a cross arm to Sammy, gets an ankle lock. There's a reversal. There's a four-way submission going on. It's a big old puzzle to figure out, and Bryce Rimsbury, the referee, cannot figure this what's going on. The match breaks down in the aftermath. Sammy and Jack both hitting flip pile drivers. Jungle Boy is really up. He's ready. He does a flip pile driver on MGF, but the champion kicks out. There's an underhook, so it's blocked. Perry with his own Tiger Driver. Guevara kicks out. Perry rams pa Darby rams Jack Perry into the barricade. He's, there's a head of steam and a cactus clothesline. Jungle Boy and MJF over the barricade together on their outside. Bar back over the barricade. Darby goes up top. Guevara cuts him off with a rising knee. Climbing to the top himself, perching, it's a Spanish fly to the floor through Jungle Boy and MJF. Sammy gets himself all back up together on all, all four men are crawling back in the ring, running on fumes at this point, can barely just move. Trading punches, back and forth, back and forth, faster and faster. Friedman then pokes everybody in the eye, flips off the crowd, but runs into three super kicks, an ace crusher from Guevara, a Yoshi tonic from Allen, and Jack Perry with a northern elbow. They dump the champion to the floor. They trade penny predicaments. No man's able to quite get the three count on each other. Sammy with a super kick from Darby Allen. DDT on Perry. Darby hits the Yoshi Tonic for two. Allen goes to the top. Max trips him, hits him in the nuts, and then hits him on the turnbuckle. And MJF hits an avalanche powerbomb. Trading near falls to no avail. Perry wants a cover bat and wants everyone just keeps kicking out no matter what they do in this matchup. So, we go forward. We now get Darby Allen, who blasts with the skateboard, hits him with the skateboard. He does a coffin drop, a headlock takeover, and Jack Perry breaks it up. Allen and Perry trade slaps into vicious punches back and forth, and they're just slugging it out at each other. And then Jungle Boy uh, blocks the shot, and Sammy takes MJF out with a cactus clothesline. Jungle Boy hits the title, has, the ti has his title in his hands, and he thinks about using it. Jungle Boy Jack Perry looking like he wants to turn heel and do the heel thing. Turning to face Darby, he, as he rises, but he throws the belt out of the ring because he's a good guy at heart. And Alan with the last supper, but Jungle Boy kicks out. 
There's knees from Sammy. The GTH connects and he goes up top. Darby Blascavera to the floor. Up top for the coffin drop. Darby's up there. MJF slides the title under him before he dives and Darby lands hard on the custom gold title. And MJF capitalizes and gets the one, the two, and the three pinfall with a headlock takeover on Darby Allen to retain the AEW Heavyweight Championship. All right. This was a really good match by these four guys. It's a shame, as you guys can tell, that they should have put this match on the main event. Being the second to the last match does not say anything to the audience. It doesn't say anything to the company. It doesn't say anything to their peers. If you're going to book this Four Pillars match and you're going to build it up the way you did as your feature program, it was on all the posters, all the media. This was AEW's chance to just build their young stars. We all knew MJF was going to retain, okay? That was the worst kept secret in wrestling this weekend. But the reality was you had a chance to elevate guys to the next level and let them main event. And that just didn't simply happen. You could have had your four pillars be a big part of this. And I felt like it was just such a misplacement. At the end of this matchup, we do get MJF playing the heel again. And he says, you know what? I'm getting really kind of bored here. They better get me some better competition. I agree. We do need another big feud for MJF. Who's that man going to be? I don't know where they're going to go here. I would have liked to see this matchup build at least two big stars. MJF and then one other. And I would have liked to see maybe Darby Allen or Sammy Guevara be that person. Let's move on. Because we weren't done yet. We had to do an Anarchy in the Arena match. And this one was the Elite. Omega, the Young Bucks, and the Hangman Adam Page versus the Black pool combat club moxley brian claudio yuda yeah that's a lot of star power on paper i get it i know why they went there that's the that's the uh a lot of people who are going to stay in that building to watch those guys they could have just locked the doors that would have kept them there too um i want to say that too the crowd was very um dead tonight they didn't help the talent that much it just seemed like the crowd was not into this match and I don't know if they just kind of walked in off the streets of Vegas and said oh this looks cool let's do this for a while but anyway let's get into this one so we black pool combat club versus the elite in our anarchy match the match starts off with brawling in the stands Moxley and Omega are going right over the barricade right away hangman suplexes Brian Danielson on the guardrail slides him um, slides it down into the trash can shot uh, from Jackson. Um, Don Callis joins the commentary booth on this one and at this time. That's an interesting. John on the announce uh, desk, double birds to Omega, and then a double axe handle before throwing him into the desk. Um, there's a guillotine choke, some chair shots. Claudio is choking Kenny with the chair. The referee, Rick Knox, he's busted open. 
and Casanoli shoves him aside in the ring. Danielson with a roundhouse kick, and but Hangman meets him with a lariat. Hangman takes the eye patch off and throws it at throws it at um, Daniel Bryan before pulling a screwdriver out. Yuta chop blocks Page and puts the boots to him uh, with Danielson. All four Blackpool members are in the ring beating Adam Hangman down. The Bucks slide in with chairs to even the odds. Omega's there as well, and the brawl is just going on in the ring and everybody's going crazy. Uh, mounted punches from the Elite Super Kick Party. Clears the ring, Super Kick Party! Bucks walk and brawling Claudio and Daniel Bryan up to the stage, throwing them off to the pit. Um, there's a Violent Idol still playing on the stage. That's the live cover band that was there playing some of the songs for the entrance. The front man um, opens his jacket to reveal a Blackpool Combat Club shirt, and he eats a super kick party. Kenny is choking um, a bleeding Moxley. Guess what, guys? John Moxley bled in this match. Are you surprised? But with that, um, over the announce table, there's trading chops. Matt Jackson with the Locomotion Northern Light Suplex to take Yuta down the ramp. Uh, Nick with a tope over um, his brother into Claudio and Hangman powerbombs Wheeler into the apron. Ouch. Page and Hangman laying chops and Moxley ducks and Hangman blasts Kenny with a boot and John Moxley lays him out. Now we got Danielson choking Nick with the camera cable. Claudio's taking Matt up the steps for the uppercuts. Um, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, is in the ring with Hangman. Mounted punches as he starts choking, and he's bleeding, he's pulling the wrist tape off to choke Adam Hangman with it. Mox whips Omega. This match is all over the place. It's just pandemonium gone wild, as they like to say. Then we got later on, we got um, Moxley. He's got a fork at one point. Moxley has a fork and he spikes it into the head of Omega while Casanoli giant swings Matt Jackson into a trash can. They're choking the life out of Omega and he's getting drained. Um, he flags, but there's it does not fail and he basically puts Moxley into a wire with a senton to counter it. Nick is bleeding as crazy and Danielson drags him around with some bare concrete floor punching. Um, they go round and round. They move on to Hangman Page. There's a pile driver into a bed of a truck at one point. And there's a little bell lock that's put on Hangman. Mox is choking him with an extension cable as well. Wheeler has a leaf blower. For some reason, a leaf blower is around there. And basically, there was an attack on the leaf blower. Um, then Moxley has Hangman on the apron. Thinking about a pile driver is reversed into a dead eye on the apron. And then we get Yuta blast Hangman Adam Page with the leaf blower. Omega uses a trash can lid like he's, you know, just the superhero. He's swinging around. And then Claudio knocks it um, out of his hand and hits the Swiss death. Nick with the diving Frankenstein. Lariats for Brian and Wheeler. There's 500, it's a 540 roundhouse, a rising knee, a bulldog, a lariat combination. Mox nails him with the lariat. And then a pile driver. Jackson kicks out. There's all kinds of just going back and forth. And again, they're just all over the place with this thing. Um, a lot really hard to keep up. And they were going for the whole anarchy thing. 
This was like the stadium stampede match, but all condensed in the arena, right? Because they can't have a stadium to work with here. So it's uh, much like you've seen with some Eddie Kingston matches and some other things in the past, right? So at this point, let's fast forward a little bit. We've got uh, Rico LaBamba gets reversed into a Frankensteiner. There's a V-trigger that does connect in, later on in the match. Danielson hits the Busaku knee. The ducks a at the Busaku knee for page two. A hammer and an amber elbows on Kenny. Yuta joins in on Hangman and Moxley. And they're just kind of beating each other all up, right? You get some uppercuts from Claudio. You get some bridging Germans from Wheeler into, a, into the bridge, but Hangman breaks it up. We have uh, Paige hits a dead eye. We've got Omega with a, an electric chair, a one-winged angel, but Yuta breaks that up. So a lot of breakup pins in this, right? Kenny hits his V-trigger, hits the electric chair, and Don Callis is in the ring behind him, and he lets Yuta go. A masked man slides into the ring. Interesting. And lands a knee on Omega. It's Konosuke Takashita, who's been very rumored to be a part of this warfare. So now, Wheeler takes full advantage of this, hits a screwdriver to the forehead, and the Blackpool Combat Club gets the pinfall with a seatbelt pin from Wheeler Yuta on Kenny Omega in the main event of Double or Nothing. Wow. Wheeler Yuta pins Kenny Omega. By a screw job, of course. Not by hook, by crook. Uh, Post-match, Don Callis chokes Omega with his belt while Takashita watches and Blackpool raises Yuta's hand. Uh, they raise Yuta's hand and Claudio puts him on his shoulders. And Wheeler Yuta's looking like the hero here. And guys, that's it. That was your main event. It was wild. It was crazy. I get it. Um, it wasn't terrible. It was just a lot of action all over the place. It was a brawl. Let's go into our final thoughts, what we say. So, final thoughts for Double or Nothing 2023. You guys already know my thinking on the whole main event scene. I would have liked to seen your actual advertised main event be the main event. I would like to seen those four pillars get elevated. Now, while I get the AEW took the safe route, and they went with the proven veterans in the brawl for all matchup, right? Maybe that was to keep the crowd there. Maybe they realized that the crowd was very lackluster tonight. And maybe that's, you know, they just were fearful of them walking out if it wasn't Brian Danielson and John Moxley in the main event and Kenny Omega and the Bucks. So at this point, double or nothing. We had some title changes. We had a squash match in that situation. We had Chris Statlander was a nice surprise in a return. Um, at the end of the day, this was not their strongest double or nothing event from the AEW. I'd be interested. I might have to go back and like rank all of them and just kind of see where this one sits at. I don't think it was the worst, but I don't think it was the best. It was just somewhere in there and it happened. Will I remember this pay-per-view five years from now? I probably won't. There was nothing, it felt like more like a transitional pay-per-view to get us to the new AEW TV show. And then even in the post-conference, um, Tony Khan was talking a lot about 
business, right? There was a lot of business questions to him and he was answering them. He stayed there a long time, almost till two in the morning answering questions. But, which is why this is getting out late. But ultimately, Tony Khan was taking questions about Time Warner Discovery and he was taking questions about, you know, the new TV show on Saturday. And, you know, just, there was a lot of things that were uh, covered in the post-conference that was great for news and rumors. But guys, um, double or nothing, right? And the joke is always, do you take double or do you take nothing? I, I know how a lot of you guys might vote. But those are my final thoughts and results. Thank you guys for joining me as usual. And, you know, you know, hit that like button. Let me know what you guys think, right? Like, I just, I walked away. My expectations were low, and I got kind of what I expected with the pay-per-view. So, um, let's make a strong push after this. And I would cannot wait for Forbidden Door, and more importantly, even All In. I cannot wait until we go to those pay-per-views, because they are going to be epic for AEW in the future. Still very bright, and I'm still very excited about this product. So, without further ado, thanks for watching, like, share, subscribe, and it's not goodbye. It's game over.